Well, go do it. Welcome back to The Watch List with Patty and Bill. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out our back episodes on thewatchlistpod.com and make sure you engage with us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod. Oh, I'm trying. Like today, when people, when we record, it if you don't enter your name, it assigns you a name. Patty has talked about this before. And today, my name, in quotes, is Modest Megaphone. Mm-hmm. Which is absolutely the true because my voice is shit right now. Hmm. So I will apologize now if I sound a little run down. But in part, that's because I watched two really bad movies this week. Oh, no. (laughs) And I watched something good. At least there was a good one. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the good was really good. Okay. But but the bad? Wow. Hmm. I mean, one was uh, okay, and the other one was just bleh. So why don't you kick us off? Well, let's start with uh, The Masked Singer. Masked Singer? Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So... I have no fight in me tonight, so you go right ahead. (laughs) So last year, right as COVID was starting and everything was shutting down, Mm. I believe The Masked Singer... Somehow they thought of doing a home audience who would watch the show um, via streaming, like Zoom call, and then they could vote on the singers that way and have a home audience voting. And I found where to go to sign up, and I signed up, and then nothing happened. Until earlier this year, I got an email inviting me to join the mass singer home audience. What? There are 8 billion hoops to jump through <laughs> and <laughs> forms to sign. And I had to give them every social media handle that I have because there is incredibly strict, incredibly strict, like uh, non-disclosure agreement. Oh, I'm You're going to sure. keep it all friggin' secret. I jumped through the hoops. I swore I'd keep it a secret. And this past week, they finally aired the episode that I watched. So you can talk about it. Yeah. I can finally talk about it. The Zoom screen even had like a watermark of my my Twitter handle across the screen. No shit. So if I tried to take a picture of it or a screenshot or record it in some way, it would have my... Twitter handle across there and they'd know exactly who did it and they'd come after me using whatever clause in the stuff I signed. Mm. Yeah. They they don't be messing around. That turban knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens is you get into the Zoom and you you turn on your video camera. They will kick you out if you don't have your video on. I'm assuming everybody's familiar with Zoom at this point in the world. Yes. Box 350, Boston Mass, (laughs) 02134. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Send it to Zoom. Send it to Zoom. (laughs) 
for those of you of a certain age, that 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 reference just rocked your one, world. Two, one, three, four. Okay, you got to say it that way. Send it to Zay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, you can page through the video of everybody sitting there in the in the meeting. So I'm paging through everybody and hey, hey Dwight, look at all these people. Look at all these people. <laughs> and if you have anybody else in the house with you watching at the same time, they have to fill out the paperwork too. Oh, well, I'm sure because yeah. you know, you could have a house full of like 75 people. And that's kind of what they were hoping for is to have some people with their whole house watching with your watermark on the screen. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Chewie does not like that. Uh, Chewie is not agreeing with it. Not at all. So the men in black, they are actors, obviously. Yeah. And they have them. There's like a preliminary video with just the men in black talking to you about how secretive it is and how you shouldn't be sharing nothing and kind of what's going to happen. Oh, you mean the, the like the dudes on the show? The security guys on the show. Yes, the in air quotes security guys. <laughs> I thought you meant like <laughs> like the men in black like, you know, aliens. <laughs> no, no, no. They call them the men in black on the on the show. The security guys, they're actors. Um. They are very badly, very very badly reading a teleprompter. And the one guy just can't get it right. Oh and I'm like, wow, God. these are nothing but professionals here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, my God. And then and they had us record uh, ourselves waving for a really way too long of a time waving so they could make sure they get a good video of everybody waving to the camera. Yep. And then... As we vote, we have to sit and ponder and think hard about what we're voting on as we hold our phone and then tap the screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though I think we clicked a box on the computer. <laughs> and But to make it look good, we all held our phones and pretended. Oh, also, we couldn't have our phones near us aside from that moment. So you had to make sure you kept it off camera. Mm. Yeah. And... And then they, the only thing we saw of, was the performances of the masked people. Mm -hmm. We did not see anything with the host, so we didn't know that Nisi Nash was the host. Oh, we okay. didn't see the panel at all. No panelists talking. It wasn't like we were watching the show, like the actual TV show being recorded. We only saw the pre-recorded performances from earlier in the evening. And we were behind schedule by about 45-ish minutes uh, because maybe an hour almost. Uh, because as we saw on this past week's episode, one of the people in their suits had an issue. They got seriously overheated and had to go off stage for a bit. No kidding. And that's what delayed our viewing of the performances. Because that kind of slowed everything down. And as we were watching the performances, it is very obviously clear there is no studio audience. Really? When you watch the show, the studio audience is from past shows they recorded very craftfully edited in. So, okay. 
and you're allowed to talk about all of this. I now feel I like- can talk about it. Yeah, because the the okay. episode aired. I don't. We didn't see who was unmasked at all, so we have no idea who any of them were until we saw the episode tonight, and who was unmasked. Or not tonight, this week, and who was unmasked. And I feel completely cheated because if you saw the episode this past week, the bulldog was the one unmasked, but Nisi Nash is like was saying, I get to choose who is unmasked. And that is when Nick Cannon was unmasked as the Bulldog, his one and only performance in a mask, because now he's back because he no longer has COVID. Oh, so that was sort of his cute way of coming back to the show? Yeah, yeah. That show has jumped the shark, yeah. And and what is funny, I made I wrote down each of the singers that I saw. So that because I knew I'd forget by the time the the episode aired and I made a little note next to each one of either what they sang and whether I liked them or not. And I find this incredibly hysterical that Bulldog, who is Nick Cannon, I wrote terrible. (laughs) (laughs) My note next to Bulldog says terrible because apparently I thought their performance was terrible. You calls them as you sees them, Patty. Apparently I do. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but okay. But here's my challenge, though, and probably the one and only time I I will really actually put a half a percent of brain power into it. Maybe (laughs) maybe he was intentionally terrible so that he could get voted off and unmasked. Well, here's the thing is when I watched it this past week, I didn't think he was half bad. I thought he uh, did pretty okay. I see. So okay. apparent between watching it on Zoom and then the TV, I, I, I don't know. I suddenly, I thought he sounded okay. I also wrote that the crab was bad, mm-hmm. but after watching the episode this week, I see now why the crab wasn't that good. He's the one who was overheating in the suit during ah. his performance. So he he just he wasn't at peak performance at all. I so hate that ex- when that happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that explains why he wasn't quite that good. Hmm. At least with that specific performance. Also and another thing is once you've been a home audience member for Mass Singer, mm-hmm. you can never do it again. You only get to do it once. Okay, so but forget the mass singer because it's terrible. What did you think of your of of your experience with it? Because you love this. I thought it was fun. It was cool to be a part of it. I I in past episodes so far this season that I watched, but I can't find them now, they have little bubbles that pop up showing you the people thinking about making their vote. But it's not in every single episode. Mm. And I could have swore I saw something, but it took me forever to go. I didn't want to waste all that time going back through every episode I've seen so far this season. Which isn't many, but I just didn't want to sit through it again. I could have swore I saw like a screen of people waving, but the little squares are so tiny. You can't really Uh tell who's who. It would have been more fun if they really showed the people at home 
watching and doing all the shit we recorded in the first place. You know, our wave and our, our thinking hard about this vote kind of a thing. That would have been a lot more fun. Okay. But you got to be a part of it, though. I got to be a part of it. I got to vote, and Nisi Nash overruled any votes that anybody made. So Because of the whole Nick Cannon thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel well, that... cheated. I feel cheated. But I'm wondering if my vote maybe counts later on in the season as more singers sing and they get narrowed down. I don't know. Yeah. Probably but... not, but uh, still. Well, that kind of sucks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I yeah. don't mean that, and I don't mean that in a show sense. I mean, like, then your vote just really didn't matter in the first place. They should have just had you be sort of background. Yeah. If in the, if in the end, none of that mattered and they were going to get rid of Nick Cannon in the first place. Right. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm a little miffed at that, yeah. that I feel like, so I watched this and it really, it was just for funsies. Have you ever been an extra in a movie? No, I have not. I have uh, both, uh, a, you know, some actually fairly big fare too. Like yes, the dark, I know. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises, uh, name drop. <laughs> Curly Sue, uh, name Curly drop. Sue, name drop, and face, because I got my face on the screen. But right in front of the camera. Woo! Right in front of the camera. Rest in peace, John Hughes. You were very cool mm -hmm. that night. Um, but it reminds me of all the behind the scenes, like quote end quote magic that happens to put uh -huh. on something that is so fleeting that it, it it's amazing that shit gets filmed anyway. Right. So what, you, what you're describing to me is is it brings back that kind of memory. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you did this wave. OK, wave for 30 seconds. Just keep waving. Just keep waving. And then. Bleh. Yeah. And then nothing. You don't even see it because you're extra bit was cut out yeah a, a another friend of mine has been an extra up until covid hit and they weren't filming anything anymore in chicago she's been in uh, those those chicago shows like the fire chicago or mm -hmm. chicago not, fire chicago fire and i don't isn't there a police one or a doctor one or something yeah there's chicago pd chicago fire and chicago med Okay, she's been in those. And and particularly she's in like a hospital setting and because they like to use the same people in the background mm -hmm. so that it's there's some continuity when they're walking through like the hospital or whatever, she gets called back to be that same background person. And the, you've seen her a few times on screen. It's been kind of cool. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, and she really loves doing it. She has a lot of fun. And she was hoping to branch out and do more but then covid and yeah. so now she's like am i are they even going to bother calling us back are they going to get a whole new badge people what's going to happen after all this yeah i because oh. i remember being an extra on nurse jackie back oh, in the day yeah. uh -huh. and the first thing they want you to do is you have to commit unless it's very specifically for a day like a one day thing you have to commit for like two days Mm -hmm. in in case they need pickup shots or you know continuity and all that shit yeah which is which is exactly why i passed up the opportunity to be in spider-man um like the amazing spider-man 2 oh. not the good spider-man 2 the mediocre spider-man 2 with andrew garfield <laughs> okay um i was just like you know what fuck this noise i'm not coming to new york just to do that 
Mm-hmm. Like for the Dark Knight Rises, fuck yes, absolutely, I will do that. But that was only a really long day. Okay. It wasn't for two days. Gotcha. And possibly yeah. three and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, I'm I'm glad you got to be a part of it. And yeah. I'm sorry that it turned out to be kind of disappointing. Well, it wasn't in the end, it was, you know, it was disappointing watching the episode, but watching it from home was kind of fun. It was kind of exciting and cool. And yeah, seeing all the, a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff was, was fun. That's awesome. Really. See, and yeah. that's cool. And that enhances your, your liking the show. Yeah. That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, that was a fuck lot more fun than what I did. <laughs> okay, what do you get? All right, so I watched three things this week. Mm-hmm. And one of them was good. Okay. <laughs> but unfortunately, the two things that were bad and actually about mediocre starred Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. And I like Melissa McCarthy. I, I do, need- too. I need to go on record right now before I trash and somewhat trash, respectively, the things that I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy, I really like you. I do, I too. Think, I think you are an incredible actress. Uh, you know, your Sean Spicer on Saturday Night Live is a classic. <laughs> yes. Is absolutely classic Saturday Night Live. Your performance in Bridesmaids. I, I love your comedy. I think you are talented as fuck. I, you know, I will watch anything you are in as proof that I actually watched the things that I watched this week. Mm-hmm. And I did it because you were in it. Okay. Now, all of that being said, mm-hmm. I was sitting around and I was like, what the fuck am I going to watch? So the mediocre Melissa McCarthy thing that I saw was the 2016 remake of Ghostbusters. And I'm reviewing it now mm-hmm. in part because of the other thing that I saw. Okay. I have not seen Ghostbusters with the women in it. With the women in it. Okay. So I am actually, I am so disheartened by the fact, because it reminded me of all that shit that came up years ago and all the... All the haters came out and said, you can't do this with a female cast. Gotcha. Ah. Yeah. And 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 to to Melissa McCarthy and Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon and, and Kristen Wiig, fuck the haters. All right. You guys, yeah. you guys did something that could have been cool with a better script. Yes, I can agree with that. And oh, even were- though I haven't seen it. Yes, but there were, but, but you, no, I'm just kidding. But, but there were, there were points of it that were actually kind of funny. Okay. Or at least charming. Mm-hmm. And then there were parts that just fell so flat on their face. It was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. No and matter I, how good the actor is, a bad script is a bad script. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I agreed with if it had a better script, it would have been a better movie. Because, yeah, that part really matters. And it was it was half a remake of the original one. Okay. Actually, you can see very big parallels between the original Ghostbusters and this Ghostbusters. Okay. And then it tried to be its own movie. And that's mm. where it started to get better. Okay. If it were a better script. Mm. 
Okay. Like Kate McKinnon's character in this movie is sort of the Egon character, the Harold Ramis character, the mm-hmm. inventor, but she plays it so psychotically weird. <laughs> okay. And she and she's good at that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm worried that somebody's gonna come up behind me and axe murder me as a character, I I I'm just kind of I, I tap out. <laughs> and and then and then um what's his face thor um uh hemsworth uh ah, chris yeah. hemsworth he plays you know he plays the secretary role in this movie because mm-hmm. annie potts played the secretary in the original movie right yes but but chris hemsworth plays somebody so stupid mm. you wonder how they survived Oh. For 30 years. And I and I mean that literally. Like he he can't even figure out how to answer a phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. You know, like the phone is ringing right next to him. He won't pick it up. And then he picks it up and he doesn't know how to it it's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. The bright spot in this movie was Leslie Jones's character. I liked really? her character. Well, all right. She played a subway worker who discovers ghosts. And helps them uncover this plot, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I wished it were better. Hmm. I really do. And I'm not hating on it because, you know, it had an all-female cast. I loved the female cast. I thought they all had a really good chemistry together. Because at least three out of the four of them, you know, Melissa McCarthy notwithstanding, have all been alumna of Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. so they all have improv backgrounds and they can all carry a scene and, and, and all that other sort of jazz. The, the, the script sucked. Mm. So the thing about Ghostbusters slash heed the call, because oh. that's part of what it, you know, is billed as came out in 2016. Do you really need to see it? No, not really. I okay. caught it. I caught it on, Fox movies, FXM or some shit like that. Okay. And I caught it for free. Don't rent it. Mm, okay. And I hate to say that again, but don't rent it. And I'll get to the next thing after you go. All right. I am going to talk about a show on Netflix. It's a Korean drama called Itaewon Class. Now, Itaewon is a district slash neighborhood of Seoul that is, um, think Chinatown in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, but international. So it's the international district of Seoul, which is kind of a, it's a kind of a night spot for tourists but also some locals go there if they want italian food or american food because they have restaurants and bars with all the different international kind of cuisines and stuff Hmm. so that's that's where the itaewon comes from in the title of the show and this show is i'm gonna say it's a little more soap opera-y than the other ones I've seen, but not like American soap operas where their uh, long lost twin shows up or some shit. It's right. just got a little more of the, and it's not like the, the Mexican telenovelas either with that over the top, 
over dramatic kind of acting either. Right. It just has a little more of that that flavor of a story that's soap opera. And ah, it, it's okay. about this uh, this young guy. He's his dad works for this big uh, restaurant conglomerate corporation. And dad's been transferred, so he's starting a new school, and it's his first day of high school. And of course, there's always a bully in class, and he witnesses. He's also planning to go into the police academy because he wants to be a police officer because he has this sense of doing what's right and and stopping the bad people. And he sees this kid bullying this other kid, and he he everybody's just ignoring it. Nobody's saying anything, and he can't take it anymore. He gets up and he confronts the bully and is like, "Hey, what do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this?" And then words exchange. He punches the kid after the teacher has walked back into the classroom. Uh. But the entire this kid ends up being the son of the CEO or chairman of that big conglomerate that his dad works for. Of course. And because of that, the entire school bows down to this kid, including the faculty. Ooh. Yeah. So the chairman comes to school. The kids, the kid who punched him is getting paddled. Our, our fair hero. He's getting paddled by the by the faculty, some like principal or teacher, somebody's paddling his ass. And dad shows up and the, the chairman is like, you need to get on your knees and apologize to my son. And the guy's like, I didn't do anything wrong. He was bullying that other kid. Nobody did anything. Mm-hmm. And the chairman looks at his dad and is like, yo, dad. What you going to do about this? You going to let your kid just do this? And dad's like, well, my son has, I have taught my son to stand up for what's right and uphold his principles and don't bend for anything. And it looks like dad's going to be like, and I did that all wrong because clearly he hasn't learned anything. But dad's like, I'm proud of my son, knowing full well that the chairman's just going to fire his ass. Yep. And that's what happens. But the dad's like, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm proud of you. I'm here to stand by you, my son, because I am proud of you and what you've done. There you go. And kid gets kicked out of school on his first day at a new school. And he's expelled. The fuck? (laughs) Yep. Great uplifting (laughs) message. How depressing. Yeah. And then dad's going to open his own restaurant. Dad's like, we're going to do this. We got this. We'll be fine. Don't even worry about it. We're all good. And then things happen and dad dies and our fair hero goes to jail. Okay. (sighs) But he opens a restaurant later on in the neighborhood of Itaewon. And it's all about that kind of thing and the whole family drama of the big conglomerate and our young guy starting this new business and he's going to show them what's what and all the drama and then there's some romance and it's really, it was really good. I really liked it. Uh, the whole season's already out on Netflix so you can watch the whole season. I have no idea if there's going to be a second season or not. I'm going to assume no because most of the Korean dramas are one season and that's that. 
and it's like oh 18 God. to 20 ish episodes a little over an hour long on each episode so it's a lot so i you know you've seen the whole story so i feel like you don't really need more than that because you got the whole story beginning to end okay it's a one class it's on netflix it's really damn good and oh it's very cw kind of as well with that right. whole beautiful young people ah okay. i just have to throw that in there there's the beautiful young people doing beautiful young people things and being bad people and good people and falling in love and love triangles and all that kind of shit as there are yeah but it's a really good show and i highly recommend it y'all should watch it because it's good well okay <laughs> i'm sorry but <laughs> what he gets kicked okay never mind fuck it, it okay it, you gotta want you gotta see it it's it's really it, it's it's definitely a cultural thing but it's okay. really good it's really good so I talked about Melissa McCarthy before. Yes, you did. And now I'm now I'm about to talk about Melissa McCarthy again. Oh goodness. Okay. And there is a movie that just dropped on Netflix called Thunder Force. Thunder Force. I wish it was as badass as you just said it. Oh. Uh, so Aww. Uh, the movie stars Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. And I believe they're friends from way back. Yeah. I mean, and they have an unmistakable chemistry together. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, and I and I have to say this and then I'll dive into it. Melissa McCarthy, Academy Award nominated actress. Octavia Spencer, Academy Award winning actress. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's where the pedigree ends. Uh-huh. So the plot is that a a gigantic so-and-so hit Earth many years ago, like 30 years ago, whatever the fuck, and it turned people who had a tendency to be psychotic into super-powered beings. Oh, dear God. And, they're, and they are called the miscreants. Mm-hmm. But nobody normal or not psychotic has these abilities. And one day, Octavia Spencer's parents, when she's a little girl, are killed by one of the miscreants. So she devotes her entire life to finishing their research to create something to turn regular people into superheroes to combat the miscreants. Okay. Well, one day, you know... She's the little girl is in school, and this is after her parents are killed, and she's being bullied again. The bully trope, yeah, uh, yeah, because it's a very easy mechanical thing to get the two friends to meet. Mm -hmm. Well, then you then you see Melissa McCarthy's character as a kid. She's the brash, say anything, not the brightest in the world, but really has a heart of gold kind of thing. Okay, come over and defend Octavia Spencer's little girl character. So they instantly become best friends and all that stuff. But they quickly set up that Melissa McCarthy is the slob and Octavia Spencer is the bookworm. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Those stereotypes just based yeah. on what you've said already. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, that breeds conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, many, 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 many years later, Melissa McCarthy is working 
the docks as a loader of those gigantic like truck containers that come in off ships. The shipping containers. Yep. The shipping containers. Mm -hmm. And Octavia Spencer is a multi-billionaire who runs her own tech company. Oh, fancy pants. And, and is about to conduct experiments on this serum. Mm -hmm. Through some stupid shit, mm. Melissa McCarthy is accidentally given one of the doses of this super shit. Okay. And the wackiness ensues from there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was reading online just because I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't off my rocker and I missed something. Mm -hmm. Ben Falcone is actually the name of Melissa McCarthy's husband. And he has directed her in five different things. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, they, you know, they seem to have a, like a small little crew that they run with. And his direction is terrible. Oh. And, and the reason I say that is because there is this hero shot when they, when, when they debut the uniforms that, that Thunder Force wears mm -hmm. and the two just walk toward the camera. And all of a sudden there's this beautiful wind machine of course, blow, blowing their of long course. hair. And, and, and of course they look like heroes and shit. And that's it. That's the only shot. It's like <laughs> they went back in and said, we need a shot of you guys looking like heroes. Oh, my God. But they set up Octavia Spencer's character as being a no fun bookworm. Yet at this multi-billion dollar company, her daughter works there. Okay. And apparently in college, she had some fun, a little too much fun and got pregnant. Clearly. Yes. Uh, and... You're going to love this part. It's set in Chicago. Of course it is. But one thing that annoyed the fuck out of me mm -hmm. is that you can obviously tell that the majority majority of it was shot elsewhere. Uh, probably in Canada or something because it's cheaper. You betcha. And Atlanta. Oh, okay. And, and they do do some exterior shots. Like they did a shot down by the river walk downtown, like okay. right off the Michigan Avenue bridge. And they did a couple of other shots, um, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But the majority of the action, the majority of the actors and all that, they were in Canada or Georgia or something like that. And it, it's clear to anyone from Chicago, it ain't Chicago. Well. It was clear to you, you, right? Well, it was clear to me because they try so fucking mm -hmm. hard to place it in Chicago mm -hmm. that they told an intern, I want you to order a whole bunch of Chicago Cubs stuff, and oh, I want you to order a couple of Chicago's Chicago Bears things. <laughs> so it's the sports shit that they're wearing or whatever that makes you think, oh, they must be in Chicago. And I'm and I'm sorry, listeners uh, of the Watchlist Pod. I'm going to rail on this for a second because you know, no matter where you are, no matter what city you're in, no matter what continent you're on, if you go into any place that has customers or an owner that likes a sports team, you know that that picture or that sticker or whatever it is has been up there for years and years and years. Melissa McCarthy is supposed to be this big Chicago Bears fan. But she's a slob, right? Oh uh, yeah. They actually they actually make her uh, make a joke out of her eating some some cereal with rotted milk and oh. and then spicing it up with no, beer. No, I'm sorry, no. I don't care what kind of a slob you are. Nobody's going to do that shit. But 
She has an absolutely pristine Chicago Bears duffel bag. Well, because she takes care of the duffel bag because she's a Bears fan. Ah, uh, no, but wait. The plot oh, thickens. Oh, no. Her, her favorite restaurant, a short order little diner looking place, has brand new Chicago Cubs stickers in it. Like bright. Like, like they have not been there for years. Like they had to dress up something to say hey we're in chicago we need some stickers they couldn't even make it look like greased over or something well that's what i'm saying if she's been this bears fan and they make it a point of saying melissa mccarthy's been a bears fan since we won the super bowl in 80 in 86 from the 85 season Mm -hmm. her bag would be a well-loved bag oh if it's that old yeah yeah well it's not even that old she's carrying it around with her and she's carrying it around at assume. the docks where she's doing the shipping oh, it's containers. it's going to get pretty dirty then, yeah. It's going to get pretty dirty. Proof that they didn't film a lot of it there. The bright spot of this movie hmm. is Jason Bateman. Really? Okay. He plays a guy who was bitten on the testicles by a radioactive crab. Oh my God, what? And he turned into a half crab man with pincers as arms. Oh my God. Is he is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Well, I'm not going to spoil that for oh, you. Oh, okay. Because if you decide to watch this piece of shit, that gets revealed. Oh, okay. But, I'll, but there is a shot that is hilarious. Hmm. Because he was bitten by a crab, you know, crabs move sideways. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. When, when all, sideways. And, and all the bad guys are actually battling at one point, and he's trying to escape the battle with his pincers. Oh, my. And, he, and he's actually sort of half run walking sideways, <laughs> clicking his little pincers. like. And I cracked the fuck up on that because oh, that's nice. just such a small detail. That shows the promise of somebody as talented as Jason Bateman, as talented as Octavia Spencer, as talented as Melissa McCarthy, given shit material. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I wanted it to be so much better. I wanted it to be funnier. I And Octavia Spencer gives a sort of droll performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Like, I'm kind of surprised. Hmm. But, but again, it is all about the director and the writer. Mm-hmm. So that is Thunder Force. And I took a bullet for you people. Just saying. <laughs> All right. What 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 you got? So next? my my final thing is a show that Dwight found that I we've been watching. It's a series. It's on HBO Max now. It was airing when it was running. It was on uh, Cinemax. It's called Banshee. It's from it's was airing between 2013 and 2016. So it's already over with it's the full four seasons are done and over. And this stars, uh, Anthony star who you might recall as Homelander from the boys. Oh yeah. Okay. And he is a man who was released from prison after serving 15 years for stealing, a. like 15 million worth of diamonds. He was doing this on behalf of his employer, who is a mob boss, a Ukrainian mob boss on top of it. And Mm. the mob boss is called rabbit. Mm. And our guy had a, had a, 
a relationship with Rabbit's daughter. But when he went to prison, she ran away. And now he's come back out of, he's out of prison and he's looking for, for her to rekindle their relationship. And along the way, he meets this new sheriff that's coming to, to the town called Banshee, which is in like Amish country, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And shit goes down. The sheriff gets murdered. Our hero, ex-con hero, our anti-hero, so to speak, uh, avenges the sheriff by killing the people who killed the sheriff, and then he assumes the sheriff's identity. So now we refer to him as Lucas Hood. We don't know his real name. Nobody knows his real name. And it's one of those kind of shows where it's the... Shit going down in small town Pennsylvania this week, and our sheriff doesn't handle things in the way a normal police officer or sheriff would. He does it the ex-con way of, you're a bad guy, you did some bad shit, I'm going to off you, I'm going to punch you in the face, I'm going to beat you up. And in the background, he's still planning heists with his little team, and trying to win back his lady, who is married now, has two kids, and she's the wife of the DA of this town. Ah, The DA okay. slash mayor of this town. So, it's it's totally cuckoo wagadoo, some of the shit that's going down. It's totally fucked up. Like, what the fuck is going on? Who's Fucked it? up. It's got our man Homelander from uh, The Boys. It yeah. also has... Uh, Ivana Milekovic, I'm probably pronouncing that completely wrong. She was, in, I don't, you haven't watched the 100, but she was in the later seasons of the 100. Um, she was in the TV series Gotham as Maria Kyle. Uh, what else has she been in? I only recognize her from the 100. She's had small bit parts in other things. Um, there is no big names that I know of other than Homelander. Um, Ulrich Thompson is in this. Frankie Faison is in it. Matt- no, Frankie Faison is in it. Okay. He's so you know Scrubs. who is. No, that's Donald Faison. Oh, Frankie Faison. I'm sorry. Frankie Faison was in Silence of the Lambs. Okay. And really, uh, the rest of these people, I have no idea who they are. I've never seen them before until this. Uh, so... Um, yeah, that's who's in it. It was on Cinemax and now it's on HBO Max, the whole four seasons of it. It's really, it is, it's cuckoo wackety fucked up. What the hell's going on shit, but it's really good. Cause there, the, there's also a crime Lord in town who is a former Amish guy. Like he grew up Amish and then was kicked out. And then there's a whole like Indian reservation nearby as well, where shit's going down from over there with the tribal chiefs and a casino and that other crime boss in town that the Amish crime guy, so much crazy shit happening. So much crazy shit happening. Okay. I loved it. I love it. This is it's on HBO max. I love it. It's just fucked up and violent enough to be awesome. Okay. (laughs) So the last thing I'll talk about is staged. 
Hmm. It is a sitcom that has two seasons, apparently, and it came out in 2020 and is on Hulu and stars David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Oh. And I got to tell you, it's it's great. Um, And again, I was looking for something quick and and small because I because I I balance. Okay, do I really want to get invested in one show with an overarching plot and all that other sort of stuff? Do I want to get invested in a movie? And do I want to get invested in sort of a like a sketch comedy show? Mm -hmm. This is a show uh, about two actors. One just happens to be a fictionalized version of David Tennant. Mm-hmm. And one is a fictionalized version of Michael Sheen. <laughs> okay. And they actually talk about being in Good Omens together. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So they were due to star in a production of a of a play called Six Characters in Search of an Author in the West End. But then the pandemic hit and it put their production on on hold. So the entire show is actually done sort of zoomy. Okay. Because the director is determined to still hold rehearsals for this so that when the pandemic is over, they can hit go and everything is fine. Interesting. Okay. But David Tennant and Michael Sheen are incredible together. Just from good omens. Yes, I could totally see that. And so here they are again playing off of each other, but like fictionalized versions of their actual selves. Hmm. And their and their wives are in it. Oh, fun. You know, and and the and doctor's daughter. It, and yes. But, Who is the doctor's know, daughter? Which is crazy. It is on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, hmm. go to staged. I will check and, that out. And it's got a really high Rotten Tomato score. Hmm. It's you know, it's I th- I think I thought that the first episode was hilarious. I will keep with it. Awesome. I will check that out. And now I have news. 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 Thanks again to David. What's up, David? David Shout out. You are so good with the news. And 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 oh. this is going to make you pleased as Fucking punch. Oh. The season two trailer of Picard is out. Oh, I haven't looked for that. Okay. And the voiceover for it? Is Q. Fuck yes. Yep. Dwight told me that part. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's like, oh, I thought He's I was going to. Oh, oh God damn it. I thought I was going to. Damn gonna... it, Dwight. Oh. You ruined everything. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited, Q. I have to watch the trailer now because I didn't watch the trailer. I just heard that Q is going to be on the new season. It's it's very, it it truly, it is very, very, very teaser. You see nothing of, of the actual Q. You see nothing. It's just images and all that. And, and, and the way you know Q is coming back is his voice and his voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Delancey, he is amazing. Yeah, I love. Yes, him. he is, oh, and gosh. it's and it's nice that they're actually going back to that. Yeah, yeah. And they and the way they introduce the trailer on Twitter, it says the trial never ends. Oh, and that fucking cue, man. And that, but that was the one of the last things he said to Picard when the show ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that Picard. was like one of the first things is he put them all on uh, humanity on trial in, in Next Generation. I think that was like part of the first episode, wasn't it? 
It was exactly the first oh, episode. Oh, there you go. See? Told you. I knew these things. I'm a nerd. So, yeah, so am I. So anyway, so there's that. Fuck you for knowing. Anyway. <laughs> no, fuck Dwight for telling me. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> the second thing is that my boy, John Williams, is returning to score Indiana Jones 5. Do we need an which, Indiana Jones 5? With Phoebe Waller-Bridge in it? Yeah, we do. Oh, okay. If she's in it, then I will allow it. Do we Do we need it? Uh, you know what? I, I am really of a mixed bag with this. Mm-hmm. I really am. Because I liked Harrison Ford coming back. He was actually really one of the bright connecting spots of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And I think it was smart, and I think it's smart of actors to go back to what made them famous in the first place. Tom Cruise being in Top Gun Maverick, Harrison Ford doing another Indiana Jones movie. He also did another Blade Runner movie. I am all about that nostalgia, as long as it's good. Because Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, especially with that fucktwat um, Shia LaBeouf... (laughs) And I call him a fucktwat because he's done some fucktwatty things. Oh, he including... sure as shit has. He has done some serious fucktwatty things. And two of the things in particular, he got arrested at the Walgreens on the corner of uh, Randolph and State Street. Why? You know that Walgreens yeah, that's right yeah, there? Why? Why did? What did he do? He Somebody asked him not to do something and he didn't want to do it. So he <sighs> caused a scene and got his ass arrested. Ass. The second fucktwatty thing that he did... Mm-hmm. Was and this was over Zoom, and it was put together by a whole bunch of great actors. And they put on Fast Times at Ridgemont High as a reading. Okay. Shia Shia LaBeouf played Jeff Spicoli in that movie. Okay. Or in that in that in that reading. Okay. In that reading, and he actually got so fucking high in real life and he and everybody else is sitting either in their living room or at their desk or something and taking this kind of seriously mm-hmm. you know it's all tongue in cheek but he's in his car getting baked oh jeez and he's trying to slur the lines and it's just and and you could see the other celebrities laughing cuz they know how fucked up he is mhm but I'm like, yo, dude, for somebody who supposedly takes the craft very seriously, at least right. do this fucking charity thing and do right. it. Right, yeah. Know. Yeah, so that sounds like the Princess Bride thing that I got to see. Yeah. They did it for charity, but, and it was kind of cool. It was so cool. But he was the weakest part of Indiana Jones 4. Oh, he was so bad. So I'm hoping that Indiana Jones 5, which damn well better be the last one. Mm-hmm is decent yeah yeah i hope so too you know so there's that Hmm. so that's the news i got for this week news so do us a favor log on to the watchlistpod.com click on that contact us button or engage us on your social media at symbol the watchlist pod did you watch the shit that i watched this week (laughs) and have the same visceral throw up kind of in my mouth reaction that i did hmm um, but anyway, or did you catch the mass singer, the one that Patty actually got a chance to vote on where her vote didn't matter? Hmm. God, it sounds like the 2020 election. Ooh, burn. Oh. <laughs> Bazinga. All right. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> 
I'm so sick right now. Anyway, uh, that's all I've got this week. Mortal Kombat. I will give a quick... You want me to give a quickie review of Mortal Kombat? Oh, we told people you were gonna. That's right, we did. All right, people. Special bonus time review <laughs> of the new Mortal Kombat movie. So, last time I, I said, you know, I couldn't talk about Godzilla versus Kong because I signed a, a non-disclosure agreement for it. Mm-hmm. At, just as you did for Mass Singer. And I take that shit very seriously. I do, too. You know, not because I'll get sued within an inch of my life, which mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, you will. But you know what? It's just respectful. You know, they're asking for a favor from you so that you can participate in this thing, and it's fine. Well, I didn't I didn't have to sign one for Mortal Kombat. Okay. And I think it comes out next week on HBO Max and in theaters. Sounds correct. I feel right. like yes. So I was hyped to see this movie. Because one, you know, updated special effects, updated fighting and all that other sort of stuff. And the fact that it was R rated. I thought that that added a a very special little thing to it. But the thing about it being R rated was that they said the word fuck so much almost to prove that it was R rated. Oh, you know, like using a, a quarter word where a nickel word would do. Yeah, yeah. You you didn't have to say it all that much because trust me, the violence more than takes care of the R rating. Mm-hmm. But I fell asleep during the movie. Oh no, that does not bode well. The plot is so who gives a shit oh. that... You know, you're just sticking around for the action parts. Hmm. And I, I I kid you not, I actually went into this movie wide awake. It's not like I was sleepy or anything like that. I was, you know, still like a week or two out from my second COVID shot. So I wasn't feeling any ill effects of anything or nothing. It just put me to sleep. That's crap. There is a spectacular very, very, very R-rated special effect. I'm surprised it didn't get NC-17 of one of the bad characters being sawn in so uh, sawed sawed in sawed 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 in half vertically. Ooh, from their head to their groin. Damn. And I and you see that shit. Oh, uh, I don't know if I you want know, it, to. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody does a cut and then you see it off in the distance, two halves falling over. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're up close and personal with that Ooh. shit. Ooh. I'm like, damn. Other than that, do you need to see Mortal Kombat for nostalgia's sakes only? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. And I liked the movie with Christopher Lambert that came out in what was it? Uh, 90s? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. I was a fan of that movie. Okay. This one, this one, nah. Uh. But the good thing is, for no extra premium cost, you can catch it on HBO Max when it debuts. Well, yeah. Okay. So if I got nothing better going on, I could watch Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Exactly. Go watch Mortal Kombat if you got nothing else better to do. Maybe you'll like it more than I will. That's. Maybe. Yeah, and, who knows? 
and and I was actually sit- oh, and that actually brings up a point. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, and we can end the show because I'm I'm getting tired. Okay, and I think the dog wants to go out. Oh shit! Well, then I better hurry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing about movies like this and and all of this, I was having a discussion with Laura this week mm-hmm. because we I wrapped up the first three seasons of Penny Dreadful, which was amazing. Okay. Amazing, amazing episodic TV. If you have Mm -hmm. never seen Penny Dreadful, go to Netflix and watch the first three seasons. And I, and actually Penny Dreadful City of Angels was also very good. So wherever that ends up, great, watch it. Mm -hmm. But she and I were having a discussion about the quality and caliber of things these days. Mm-hmm. And it's so true that regular television, even basic cable, is caters to the lowest common denominator. And the higher up you go in the in the hierarchy of cable and then streaming, the better the quality of what you're watching. Now there are a few gems out there. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine, I can't wait to come back on Zoe's extraordinary oh, playlist. Oh, absolutely, so absolutely fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So there are things out there that are worth it, mm-hmm. but it is surrounded by lowest common denominator TV. Yeah, it really is. Your really good production values, your really good story, your set pieces, and all that. Watch Penny Dreadful and you will see where millions of dollars an episode goes. Watch Game of Thrones and you will see, well, at least the first seven seasons yeah. of it because the last season was <laughs> terrible. Or the first six seasons and the last yeah. season was terrible. Yeah. You will see where writing and production values happen mm-hmm. to, in, to immerse you in something. You know what? I'll bet you Chicago PD fucking just took over the old set from ER on some lot somewhere and they're doing the same shit over and over and over again. Possibly. I don't watch any of those. Yeah. So I really don't know. But that's to say, and and that leads me back into my review of Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's me getting older and having seen almost too much stuff at this point where nothing is really new, you really have to knock my socks off or it's got to be really charming in the shit that it recycles. But I can see how, you know, movie reviewers get so jaded because they have to sit through shit like Thunder Force or they have to sit through shit like, you know, take your pick of, you know, oh, what's that? Call me cat. Oh my God, that was awful. But yes, you know what you're saying. You know, and then there's this other show that debuted, and it's called The United States of Al. And of course, it's on CBS. And it's about a a veteran who comes back from Afghanistan, and he brings with him his Afghani translator. And the Afghani translator is trying to, you know, uh, like, not become America, but understand America. And they did that show in 1991, and it was called Perfect Strangers. Yes, yes, it was. And I kept thinking, what the fuck kind of racist bullshit is this to highlight how different the Afghani person is? Mm-hmm. You know, and just highlight his his difference and being from Afghanistan and all that. 
And it's a show that looks so bad and recycled and, and all of that, that if you really, truly people, and I know, Patty, you watch a lot of Korean stuff. <laughs> and we have we have talked about stuff from all over the world, but a lot of that, go and explore that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. If you want other cultures, shit, Netflix has all kinds of stuff. They've got yeah. a lot of uh, Indian television shows and movies. Uh, and oh, they got a shitload of Korean and Japanese and I, there's Chinese stuff on there. They got a lot of sp stuff from Spain on there. That's yeah. really damn good. Oh, or at the very least, explore things like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon for good quality things yeah. that, that had value to them and, and mm -hmm. all of that. And there's so, a bunch of other like free streaming services that cater to some of those genres. And that's, that specificity yeah. like i have yeah. one on my uh tv it's called asian crush and it's all all of asia asian movies and tv series well i, I there's so much to watch right there's now so and i understand oh that God, there's so much and it can be and it can be you know too much sometimes yeah. i get that i totally get that and i'm, and I'm on your side people Mm -hmm. but truthfully don't settle yeah don't just because you either don't have cable and you have cut the cord like you know some dear friends of ours have or you know you you're frustrated because you still have now thousands of channels and nothing is on do just find something else to do yeah and you will find something new that you can treasure forever. And and I lump like the new Battlestar Galactica into that. Mm -hmm. The the Siffy show. Yes. Battlestar Galactica. Not my, my favorite with my girl. I know, but mm -hmm. I but you know, Doctor Who is another one of them. Although some seasons are kind of sketchy. Yeah, some seasons are kind of. Eh. Some seasons are kind of sketchy. But just go and find. But Money Heist is one of them. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of quality stuff out there. You don't yep. have to put up with shit. You really don't, don't put up with shit. Don't put up with shit. You are worth better and, than that. But anyway, so that's that's it. That's my soapbox, and that's my review of Mortal Kombat. And yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and um, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you. Still go out, get vaccinated, wear masks after you do. And hopefully one of these days we can all get together soon in rooms without masks because we're all fucking vaccinated. Yeah, shit, man. All right. All right. Well, you have a good week, Patty. You too. All right. Yeah. Okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye.